All right, so welcome everybody. I am sitting here and I think I figured it out. I think I'm supposed to point this way, but I am uh, sitting here with Lucas Narat. He is a uh, brown belt from GB Chandler, formerly of GB Awatuki. And he has multiple fight to win victories. Uh, I think the last time when you fought here in Phoenix, you uh, beat a black belt at no gi, even though you're a brown belt. So congratulations on that. And, and uh, a couple of things to know about Lucas. So he is literally the guy that signed me up for jujitsu. So when I, I went into the school and I was like, all right, I want to do it. He was the guy that like sat down and said, all right, here's all the stuff and, and got me all signed up. And the second thing to know about Lucas is he takes literally the worst pictures ever. <laughs> so the picture he took me for my attendance card, I will admit that I was way out of shape and I was super fat, but it made me look even worse. Like it made me look like I had like seven chins and like my gut stuck out to here. Like when I got promoted to blue belt, I, I asked professor if he would change it because it was such a terrible picture. So thank you, Lucas. Yeah, man. Don't blame, don't blame the camera, man, though. Blame the model, man. Come on. It's not my <laughs> fault, man. I just, just held my phone up and took the picture. <laughs> I agree. I didn't give you much to work with. So uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that. So again, thank you for, uh, for joining me, Lucas. So for those of you that that don't know who Lucas is, Lucas, tell us a little bit about, you know, your jujitsu game, whether it's, you know, kind of your style or, you know, kind of people that you try to emulate, that sort of thing. For sure, for sure. Hey, so uh, Eric, again, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here. Uh, talk a little bit about my story. I really appreciate that. So uh, again, for those who don't know me, I'm Lucas Nora. I'm a brown belt under Professor Flavio Almeida. Uh, I originally, uh, I'm originally from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I moved to the States about three years ago uh, to start like teaching and training at Gracie Barra Watuki. And then um, eventually moved to Gracie Barra Chandler. That's where I am right now, you know? So um, I'm currently a Gracie Barra Arizona ambassador. Actually, I was for the last two seasons. Um, so one of the Gracie Barra, uh, top, Gracie Barra's top athletes in the States. Uh, I compete uh, in jiu-jitsu tournaments since I'm... 15 years old, so that's about for about like seven, eight years. Uh, I've been competing at jiu-jitsu tournaments. I was able to get uh, a few good titles like Brazilian Nationals, South American Champion, now under IBJJF, a few opens here and there. Uh, um, also a few, a few big, big like tournament that I placed like on the podium, you know, like Brazilian Nationals, no gi, Brazilian Nationals a few times, you know, so so yeah, so I've been like competing in jiu-jitsu for a long time. Uh, my style is kind of like more like a takedown and guard pass guy, even though like lately I've been trying to pull guard a lot and work on like some lapel and beating bolo, you know. I think like you can never be like just one thing, you know. Back then it used to be just like, oh, you're a guard pass, you're a guard player, you know. Right now I think you got to people, always got to have the mindset of trying to be really like well-rounded and know like get good at everything, you know. But of course, me being like heavy and strong, I always like to take down pressure pass, study out the pass. That's more of my style. So, so yeah, this is me. Yeah, it's tons of fun to have you on have you on top of me. It's uh, <laughs> it's really it's a good time. So thank you for that. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Don't worry about it. My pleasure. <laughs> so, how did you get into jujitsu? I think your your father is he's a black belt. Is that right? Yeah. He's my black. He's a black belt. So. Uh, I got into jiu-jitsu, like I was, grew, when I was growing up, I always heard about jiu-jitsu, you know, my dad, um, when I was born, my dad was a, like a blue belt or a purple belt, something like that, and he had to stop training, you know, as soon as I was born, he had to stop training, 
Um, but he always like talk about it like at home and stuff, you know. I even did judo when I was like a little kid at school. I did judo. Um, and you always say like, hey, when you get older, you're gonna do jujitsu. But we never like actually, I never actually got like into jujitsu, got even like I went to a school, but uh, until the time I was 13, you know, my dad was back training. So I used to go with him to watch him do it, but I never actually got on the mats. And again, like I said, he was a purple belt. But then something happened, like I was being bullied at school, you know, I was an over overweight kid and I was being bullied at school and I have this like really big kid. They want to like, beat me up basically you know he like threatening me and stuff you know and then uh was winter break in um in brazil winter breaks in july in brazil because the seasons are different right yeah. so it was winter break in brazil the last day of school he told me that whenever we came back from winter break he was gonna beat me up and then i, and I was gonna go uh spend like the winter break the whole two weeks with my dad right so i'm like okay i i did like boxing a little bit muay thai a little bit but like nothing like crazy i was a kid right yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm going to get beat up by this kid, right? That, that was my head. So I was like super anxious, like on the ride to my dad's place. And then the first thing I said when I get to his place, like, hey, can you take me to jujitsu tomorrow? You know, because I didn't even know what jujitsu was. Kind of like this, like smaller guy against a big guy. I didn't know much, but like, make, I need to do something, you know? So can you take me to jujitsu tomorrow? I need to learn, you know, something. But I didn't tell him why. I just tell, told him that I want to go. He was all happy. He was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Come over, you know? And then I did my first class. And then I, I got hooked, man, because uh, uh, at this school that I went to, there were no, like, uh, kids' class, juniors' class, nothing like that. It was, like, one big class, right? So it was, like, 13, you know? And I was, like, terrible at all the sports. It was really uncoordinated kids. You know, imagine, like, this, like, stereotype of, like, this, this kid that's, like, really, like, uncoordinated, doesn't know how to do anything, you know? What's that kid, you know? I don't know if I believe Keep going. What? I don't know if I believe that, but keep going with that story. No, yeah, I'll show some pictures later. I'll show some pictures later. You'll believe when you see the picture. So it was like that kid, you know? And um, and I trained with some some guys that were like 17, 18, some guy that was like 20 years old. They were white belts too, you know? And I was able to like, we did like we do today, like the techniques from the beginning, then specific training afterwards. So I did a specific training and my dad was walking me through stuff. And like probably the guys didn't go like crazy hard on me, but I was able to do the techniques. And then I swept in a few times here and there. And then for me, man, that was just like a, a shock, you know, because I'm like, man, I always suck at every sport that I try to do. And now all of a sudden I can do something against this guy that's much bigger than me, you know? So, man, I went like, I got like really like addicted right away. So I wanted to do like two times, three times a day, you know, went to all the classes, you know? And then um, that's how it started, you know? And uh, I started training at all. And, you know, I didn't even get to fight the kid. When I get back to school, we didn't even end up fighting or anything like that. But I was feeling ready. I was going to get beat up still because I just had two weeks. But I was feeling ready, man. I was feeling ready, you know. So, so yeah. So, that was it. And then that's how I started training, you know. I have to stop a few times here and there uh, because of school. I was still a kid. But by the time I was, like, 15, 15, I think, 2012. Yeah, it should be 15, a little bit, like, or maybe over 15. I start training like consistently, you know, and then I never stopped ever since. So I've been training like for about 10 years on and off, you know, 10 years in July on and off. And then uh, about eight years consistently, you know, so, so yeah. Awesome. And you, you mentioned that you, you know, you moved here from Brazil, you know, about three years ago. Yeah. What were some of the big things you had to adjust to, adjust to moving from, you know, moving to the States? 
Okay, it's a good question. So first thing, obviously, was my English. You know, I feel like this is a challenge for all the, the Brazilians or all immigrants, really, they move to the States and their native language is not English, you know. Um, I mean, I consider my English, like, okay, you know, pretty good uh, for a Brazilian, you know. I did an English course in Brazil and I learned, like, like how to speak grammarly correctly, you know, and uh, how to, like, make sentences. And I graduated the course, it took me, like, I don't know, five, six, seven years, something like that, to graduate the course. But you only actually learn how to speak properly when you come to the States, you know, when you, like, talk to Americans, you know. So I think that was my, the first thing, you know, even though I could communicate well and correctly for the most part, I felt, I felt that, like, man, we're still missing something, you know. So I put a lot of energy on improving my English. Uh, um, so, so it gets to a point that it is today. I'm still not satisfied with it, but it's, it's, I feel this much better when I got here. So that was the first challenge. Second challenge, man, is uh, I think uh, maintaining myself healthy. Not gonna lie, man, because because uh, things in the states, like food in the states, fast food, like snacks and all this stuff, is much cheaper than in Brazil, right? So if you're first, first to have an idea, if you go, I don't know, like a Kit Kat bar, for example, if you go, I don't know, the Safeway, you can get one for like two bucks, something like that, one fifty, whatever. Yeah. In Brazil, the exact same thing. It's like 12 bucks in the currency there. You know what I mean? The exact same bar, you know? So it's kind of like you come you come to the States and you kind of like get overwhelmed because everything that you always wanted to buy and you could never buy all the time because it's like really expensive. Here's so cheap, right? So, you know, when in my first year moving to the States, first year and a half, I got like super fat, out of shape. And I was training jiu-jitsu like five, six times a week, but I was eating so much every day. I was not dieting at all. You know, and uh, so that was my 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 uh, my challenge. I have to focus on dieting, do everything right, and now I'm uh, I'm feeling much better now. So that was one thing that challenged. So and the third thing that I had to get used to was basically building myself from from zero, really, because I came to US um, from Brazil, and I had like in Brazil my life was like pretty much structured. You know, I went to school, I started college, and uh, I lived with my mom's place at my mom's place. So was just like, I worked because I wanted like to be independent and have my own money, but I didn't have to work. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't work, if I decide like tell my mom, like, hey, I don't want to work. I can't work this month. They're still going to have food on my table. You know what I mean? They're still going to have shelter. My bills are going to be paid, everything, you know, just maybe not have money for other stuff, but, but that's on me, you know, if, when I moved to the U.S., man, if I didn't, if I didn't make money, you know, I wouldn't have like food to eat, you know, that's on me. You know what I mean? If I, if I want to spend all my money on like in and out on the first week, I wouldn't have like money to buy groceries, you know? So I had to be really responsible and like, I have to mature really fast with that, you know? So I guess that was a big thing. And like, of course, like starting to like buy stuff from, from zero, you know, like buy my car and like get some like bills and stuff that I, that I like to get my phone bill and like get my phone set up and all this stuff, you know, like to start getting my life on track, you know. So, but it, but it was good, you know. It was a little challenge at the beginning, but it was it was good. It made me it made me better for sure, you know. And today, thank God, because of that experience, I was able to to bring my wife here to the states, you know. Now I have my own place with her. I have my own car. I have everything, you know. But on the beginning, it was a challenge for sure. So I think those three main things, like. Um, uh getting my english better you know uh watching like my health like my my diet the stuff that i eat and everything and uh 
building my, myself up, like getting like independence, really, you know, on the beginning, I think like the one reason I got super fat is because of course there was mostly like 90% my fault because I wasn't disciplined enough, but uh, it was tough too, because like I didn't have a car uh, to go anywhere I wanted to, right? I relied on other people's like vehicles, right? So I couldn't like just go to the grocery store whenever something was missing. I had to do eat whatever was home. And if it was not healthy food at home, that's what I had to eat, right? I couldn't go to the gym because I didn't have a car. The gym was like two miles away. So I could maybe walk, but then I had this crazy busy schedule. You know what I mean? So that made it difficult. Not impossible, but difficult. You know what I mean? So so I guess when I started like, having my own my own things, my car and all these things, you know, everything kind of like got a little better and went back on track, you know? So, yeah. And so obviously you kind of, you made a career out of jujitsu and that's, I mean, mean, that's kind of the path that you're going to take going forward. Was there ever a moment where it kind of dawned on you or it kind of clicked in your head? Like, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Like I could like really just do jujitsu for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it did, man, but uh, it was right on the beginning, actually around this first two weeks, because again, I got so excited that, uh, that I was uh, doing good. Uh, on these first two weeks that I trained. Uh, because again, it's, it's hard to, to imagine, but imagine like a kid that was never good at anything. Like I, in soccer was terrible, I couldn't like kick the ball and run at the same time. You know what I mean? I couldn't like, any sport that I played, I couldn't like catch the ball, I was dropping, like things like that, you know? I was like tripping, like we, we were running, I would trip and fall on my face. Like I was really uncoordinated, really uncoordinated. And uh, these first two weeks, man, I, di- I was able to do it and do it well. You know what I mean? At least on my standards, you know? So I'm like, man, I'm, I, I'm actually pretty good at this, like thinking, right? I'm actually, I can't be, I'm not good yet, but I can be pretty good. And I sucked, <laughs> but, but in my head, I thought, I thought that I was good. That was like, okay, that's something that I want to do for my life. And back then UFC was like huge in Brazil. Like Anderson Silva was on his prime, you know, I think Lyoto Machida had just won the like the light heavyweight belts, you know, have uh, Jose Aldo, you know, I, I guess like coming up. So UFC was huge, you know, and um, so I'm like, in my head, I was like, man, that that's like as high as I can get, you know what I mean? So my plan is to be like, okay, I'm going to start training martial arts right now, jiu-jitsu right now, I did some boxing before, you know, and that's when I want to be a UFC champion by the time I grew up, you know, but, and, and, and I kept that mindset until like, and, and I trained a few times here on and off, you know, and uh, there was a time that I stopped training jiu-jitsu because of school. Then instead of coming back to jiu-jitsu, I ended up coming back to, to uh, Muay Thai school. And I trained with a guy that I think he's still in the UFC. He was uh, Jose Aldo's Muay Thai coach, and he, he trained me Muay Thai too. So I'm like, okay, this guy's in the UFC already, so I'm going to be training some Muay Thai, some boxing with him, you know? So maybe that's my path. But then I just went back to jiu-jitsu right away. And then when I started training just jiu-jitsu like every day, Man, I just something in my head just clicked. Like, man, I don't want to do like MMA anymore. I just want to do jujitsu, and uh, maybe in the future do MMA. But right now, my thing is to do jujitsu for the rest of my life. And then, uh, and that's it, you know. So I think that was the first moment, let's say. But when I won Brazilian Nationals at seventeen, was like Brazilian Nationals the biggest tournament in Brazil, right? So and the second biggest in the world. So when I won that. I was like, man, okay, I won Brazilian Nationals. I'm Brazilian Nationals champ, you know? So that's a big deal. So it's like kind of like my career started taking off from there. You know what I mean? Like everything, like first it was like making a decision that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And then, okay, I make the decision, start working for it. And then boom, I got my first big result. 
you know? So that's when I feel that my career really started, my professional career restarted. That's when I feel like, okay, these things are becoming true because I've been working for it, you know? So just got to keep following that path. So, so yeah, so, so that's what I felt like I could do this for the rest of my life, you know? And uh, winning Brazilian National Shoot, they also gave me opportunity to be teaching classes, you know? My professor, my, my uh, former professor, when I won Brazilian Nationals, he was like, okay, cool, man. Like, now you won Brazilian Nationals. Let's do this. You don't have to pay tuition at the gym anymore. You can stay here, train for free, but you got to teach some classes. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, cool. So I started teaching some of the classes there, and then he was like, okay, do this, do that, you know? I never done the ICP at the time, but he, he did it. So he was kind of like guiding me through the things that I should do, the way that I should, should show a technique, the times of like, okay, this time for technique, this time for specific training, you know? So he kind of made walk me through those steps, you know, and taught, taught me how to teach a class, you know? So, so that's kind of like my instructor career started like right next to it too, you know? And that's like, okay, man, that's something that I love to do. That's something that I want to do for the rest of my life to compete and to teach jiu-jitsu, you know? And then from there, uh, it just kept getting better and to the point I am today. Nice. And I know that you're, you're a brown belt and you're soon to get your black belt. So what are, you know, is there like a, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned along this journey? Okay. That's a good question. I learned a lot, man. Um, first thing was definitely my confidence, you know, like the way I, the way I speak, the way I like treat others, the way that I, um, you know, the way that we just, that just behave really the way that I see life really, you know, uh, because, um, like I said, I was not confident at all when I started training jiu-jitsu. I was like really low self-esteem, not confident, you know, don't wanna, didn't want to do, didn't think that was good enough to do anything, you know. And then once I started training jiu-jitsu, you know, I got this experience that I got on the mats. Like, okay, I'm able to train and like train with guys that are bigger and stronger than me, you know. So I'm able to be good at something. That gave me a confidence. Like, okay, if I'm good at something, I can be good at anything, really. You know, I just gotta like put in the work, you know? So start becoming bad at school, start becoming bad with my relationship with my friends. I made a bunch of friends. After that, I have a few before, but I made a bunch of friends after that. You know, uh, I was not like afraid of being, uh, of talking to people anymore, you know? So I guess like there was like, at least when I started, there was like the major thing, you know? Um, what else? I felt like jujitsu is always about problem solving, right? Yeah. So uh, you're always like constantly dealing with problems and solving problems, you know? And if you freak out, things just get worse. It just goes downhill from there, right? So this skill, I developed it uh, developed unconsciously, you know? I wasn't even thinking about it too much, but, but, uh, but I kind of developed that. A problem shows up, you got to stay calm and think your way out of it, you know? It sounds super, super simple. But uh, but sometimes we just forget to do it. You know what I mean? We just like don't do it. You know. So on the mats and off the mat. So I think this problem solving skill is something that man, for real, it's something that definitely, definitely uh, changed my life. You know, really. Like right now, even though I have a bunch of problems, I never feel that I'm uh, that I'm um, overwhelmed by them. I'm never overwhelmed by my problems. I'm never like. Oh man, what do I do? My life is over. No, I just always like calm down, you know, and think about okay, what's going on? Why do I feel that way? What do I gotta do to make it better? You know, also things that uh that uh that I develop is uh this problem solving skill that sometimes I didn't even think about it, you know. Most of the time I didn't even think about it, it was developing that it was kind of like unconsciously, 
but uh, but I did. You know, jujitsu you're constantly solving problems. You're constantly like, dealing with problems. Like somebody does this crazy guard on you, and you have to figure out something on how to skate, right? So that, again, there was something that that used to happen to me all the time. And then whenever something in my personal life happened, I was like able to to be like, okay, what's going on? You know, what's what's the issue? You know, why am I feeling this way? What can I do to fix it? You know, so. And this skill, it's, it's, it's great. You know, I never get like overwhelmed or I often don't get overwhelmed by problems anymore. I can always find a way through it. You know, if I just stay calm and if figure out the wise things that happen, you know, and deal with it as they go, you know? So uh, this is like something like major in my life too, you know? So, so yeah, confidence, problem solving skills, you know, uh, teaching classes also, you know, it just made me like, be able to communicate in public better, you know, and develop this, this like leadership role, uh, you know, in a way that you feel responsible for those people that you're teaching the class, you know what I mean? So you're responsible if they're learning the techniques properly, you're responsible if you're teaching the best way you can, you know, so to make sure they, they get the best experience they can have. You're responsible about uh, not just like the physical part of jiu-jitsu, but about the philosophical part of jiu-jitsu too, if they're like, getting changed, they're getting their lives changed on the mats as well. If you're being a good example for them, you know, if they're going to, by, by then getting changed, they're going to be able to uh, improve their relationships just like you did, you know. So this relationship role that I developed teaching class, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think I would develop any other way. If I just had a regular, was just like doing whatever and went to school, I might develop a little bit of it, but I guess like this, uh, persona like this person that I am right now, this leader that I am right now with my students is much because of my experience teaching on the mats and like caring about them, you know, and that made like a, a good leader, let's say, you know, and uh, I don't think that would happen with any other career that I chose that wouldn't be like, or wouldn't come as easy, let's say like this, you know, wouldn't be like as natural as it is right now. So, so yeah, I think that's the main, main change that I can figure right now on top of my head, you know, and of course, uh, residence too, because, uh, we lose a lot, you know, we, we lose a lot on the mat too. Sometimes, you know, especially in the beginning, we lose much more than we win, right? But um, you can never give up, really. You know, there's no other choice because I always, I always used to think like this when I was like white belt, blue belt, was getting beat up all the time. I'm like, man, you want to have a career with martial arts. But even if I didn't, like, if things are, uh, are not so good or bad, me training jiu-jitsu, Imagine if I quit, things are going to get much worse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be this guy that, that has no fighting skills, you know, whatsoever. You know, I was going to be on the back of my head, think frustrated because I gave up on something, on a dream that I wanted to do. But even if there wasn't a dream, it was just a hobby. I was going to feel like, man, I gave up on this. You know, I was able to do good. I was not doing good for a while and I gave up, you know, like, you know, how, how would I carry on my life with that, you know? I wouldn't be able to maybe live with myself because of it, you know? So I always thought like that, like, man, okay, it's hard now. If I give up, it's going to be much worse. So I just got to push through it. So giving up was never, like, an option for me. Stop training and this stuff, it was never an option for me, you know? And um, and I had to learn to be resilient because, like, okay, if I'm not give up, I'm going to keep going. There's no, there's no like, midterm. You do give up or you keep going, you know? So if things are hard to keep going, if I want to keep going, I have to find a way. You know what I mean? I had to build myself up and do it again and do it again and do it again. And, and, and basically this resilience, this like will that to get things done and to not stop, you know, I develop on the mats as well. And I use that for my, for my, my personal life as well, you know? So, so yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, some of the stuff that you talked about, it easily translates from jujitsu into life. So the problem solving skills, I think a lot of people get stuck in the, the white belt mentality where anytime something happens to them, they just you know freak out and, yeah. and you're, you're much better if you just you're calm and you think through like, all right, what do I, what's the one thing you're going to do? Okay. Get an underhook. All right. Well in real life, okay. What's the next step you can take? All right. So at least don't quit, right? Be resilient. All right, yeah. Moving forward. I'm not going to lose. So yeah, that's, I've definitely found that there's a lot of kind of parallels or jujitsu has definitely helped me in, you know, kind of regular life, just going through those things, being resilient and problem solving and that kind of stuff for sure. For sure, man. For sure. For sure. And I guess competing too, because uh, when you go to compete, uh, everybody wants to win, right? You're not going to sign up to a turn because you want to lose, you know, of course you might have different goals there, but you're, you always want to win, you know? And um, so I guess like fighting against another uh, uh, it's not like uh, it's not something like how can I say that it's not something that people everyday people go to right it's not, it's not everybody it's not, it's not it's not like you're not gonna go to like a company and you're gonna go walk into the office and you're gonna like okay I'm gonna fight like this guy today this doesn't happen you know it's just like just jujitsu people do that and uh, we do it often too you know. So, and it's funny because there are a lot of things that happen in a fight that you, can, cannot, you cannot control, you know, like you can, you, and I learned this a lot and I applied this to my personal life as well. When you compete, you cannot control if your opponent, your opponent is going to show up, how they're going to show up, if they're going to show up like in the best shade of their life, or if they're going to like go, go out on the night before and drink and they're going to be hangover and they're going to fight like shit. You cannot control that, you know what I mean? You cannot control... Uh, how they're feeling, if they're going to make weight, you cannot control uh, how much they train, you know, you cannot control any of these things. But what you can control is what you did, how much effort did you put into, what game are you bringing, you know, what strategy are you going to use, how much in shape you are, how, how good is your cardio, how good is your strength, how good is your jiu-jitsu, how much confident do you feel in your skills, you know what I mean? All these things you can control, you know? And, um, and also that's a skill. A lot of times, you know, you you people in general, they tend to blame or think too much about outside circumstances, you know, what other people are doing, you know, what, uh, like, let's say you're in an office, and like in a company, you know, you want to get this promotion, you know, and you think about your coworkers, oh, this guy is doing more than me. My boss like this guy's better. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, whatever, whatever it is. And you stop to, and you have no control over this stuff, but you have control over your attitude, like how much work I'm putting into my actual work. How, how's my work ethic? How, how much effort I'm putting into, how many hours I'm putting into, I'm, am I being proactive? Am I doing the best I can every single day? You know what I mean? And uh, with my years of competing, uh, I learned a lot about that, that you cannot control anything that your opponents do. You gotta control, you can only control yourself and your actions, you know? And I take that to my life too. Like I said, it's, it, it's walks hands with hands with uh, the problem solving thing, you know? It's just like, stay calm, think about the things that you can control, make sure you're doing everything in your reach to get to the result that you want, you know, to get the result that you want. And um, what happens after, again, is all that you can even control the result, but if you do that, your chance of performing better and maybe winning are, are much higher for sure. So I take that to my personal life as well. I think that's one thing that I cannot like forget to mention that uh, focus on what you can control, not what you cannot control. Yeah, and I think, you know, even if you even if you just want to do jujitsu as a, a bit of a hobby, I think you should always compete at least once or twice. Yeah. Get that feeling because, you know, even if you have like a day job, 
there's that feel like especially like your first fight you're so amped up because like another dude's gonna try to choke you unconscious right yeah <laughs> like, and then from there like everything else seems like way easier yeah it does it does man. much adrenaline than like that first time you step on the mats for your competition yeah it's a life-changing experience for sure life-changing experience for sure all right so you've obviously competed you know lots and lots of times yeah. do you are, do you feel like a lot more calm before you're you're going into a tournament into like a super fight or something like that or do you feel that like nervous energy that a lot of us feel when we're getting into a tournament? Yeah, I think I'm always gonna feel nervous always always if I don't feel nervous there's something wrong if I don't feel nervous I don't care let's say like this so if I don't feel nervous I feel like man something's wrong I don't care enough I'm gonna be like I'm not gonna I'm not focused enough you know so you're always gonna feel nervous so and that's okay. You're always going to feel like a little insecure. You're always going to have this little battle with yourself, thinking about like battling these negative thoughts that come, like think that you feel good enough, that you're able to do this. Think, and again, thinking about things that you cannot control, like your opponent and whatever. But with time and experience, you kind of learn not to freak out because the nervous, there's a difference between being nervous and freaking out. Freaking out is when you like, like imagine you're like a first white belt term and you're like crazy nervous and you're like, sweating before the match starts and you're like you know you're like thinking a bunch of like a million things at the same time and you cannot do you cannot like focus on one thing only and you shake hands and make groups and your groups are shaking because you're so afraid of like letting go one grip because you don't know what's going to happen you know and it that's freaking out you know and um that happens to me very often i'm not going to say never happens but even when it happens i'm able to to control and stay calm one thing that's pretty cool though is i have a for fans, I, I have uh, got in touch with this guy. He's a mental coach. His name is Sam. He's from uh, Greece, Pablo Bell from the UK. He's been my mental coach. He's been helping me a lot with that, like this anxiety and insecurities before tournaments, you know? And um, because, again, like I said, every athlete goes through this stuff. Sometimes you, you see me competing. Any other guy competing, he looks so calm and everything. But we, we go through the same thing, all of us. You know what I mean? You always feel like nervous and insecure, and you always got to, like, fight our demons too, you know? But again, one thing that, that happens now is I don't freak out anymore. I don't like, man, I'm so nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I kind of like know myself enough to, and I've been through this, at this spot like long enough to understand like the things that I'm going to think. So I'm already ready for them. I already have like this self-talk uh, and I feel that uh, now I'm much more calmer, you know, and uh, when I go to compete, I'm still nervous. I still don't want to make mistakes. I still don't want to mess things up, but but I'm not like freaking out at all, you know? And again, like sometimes when you feel like too confident, not too confident, but like too calm and like not nervous at all, it's probably you, you, it's because the time you don't care enough, man. Or sometimes even if you care, you if you don't feel the butterflies in your stomach, you're like, you're not focused enough, you know what I mean? You're not hyped up enough, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so I still get nervous, man, 100%. Still get nervous, but I don't freak out anymore like you used to do when I was like white, yellow, blue belts, the beginning of the blue belts. That's for sure. That's good. So you don't you don't like start a, a competition or a fight with like hanging on to the guy's lapels like this and like you uh, and then when you like at the end of the five minutes you throw up at, at the end and like you're, uh, <laughs> no not anymore man not anymore at the beginning yes at the beginning yes not anymore though but it's fine I was talking about uh, about that with my students this week the adrenaline man um, you can do like a five minute round three minute round you can dominate the fight. Like, there was this fight to win match that I dominated the fight. The last one that I did in January, you know, I dominated the fight. You know, there was, I wasn't in danger 
at any moment. Maybe one the beginning when the guy took me off the stage, took me down off the stage. But then after that, I dominated the fight. He pulled guard, passed his guard twice, took his back, and then couldn't choke him out. He did a good defense, but it was there. So I wasn't like nervous anymore, you know, like crazy nervous. I was calm. I was always calm from the beginning to the end of the fight, but especially on the end when I was like winning by a lot. There was like the chance of me losing were much like uh, were really low. I'm like, I wasn't nervous anymore, but still because of the adrenaline, I still felt my forearm super sore. I still felt my body hurting from head to toes, you know, and I still feel the same pain. If I have one fight, one five minute match, or if I have, I don't know, I don't know, like five fights in my division, uh, open class. And it just like, doesn't matter the, the, the number of fights that I have, doesn't matter who I fight against, if you're in a tournament, I'm going to feel sore the next day, uh, at least a little bit, you know, especially my forearm, my shoulders, my neck, you know, it's always that. So, so yeah, so even though I don't freak out, if I don't know like this, like crazy, uh, I still get super sore, man. I still, I still feel tired after the, the match for sure, 100%. All right, that's good to know because I'm like I don't know seven or eight competitions in something like that, and I I feel the same thing. So at least I'm in the right direction. Like yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds, like when we lock up or whatever. Like I still yeah. bit of that, and then it I finally like kind of settle in. But yeah, then, it's good to know what happens to you too. Yeah, it's because of the adrenaline, man. Because you don't want to make mistakes, you know, and you care a lot more than you can. Like even in the, in the school, sometimes you care a lot and you don't want to make mistakes, but. I don't know, man. It's just like the determining virus. There's something about it that makes you like the pressure maybe and the adrenaline and like, I don't know, just something about it that you care maybe a little more and this a little more uh, makes you a little bit more like tired and sore afterwards, you know, because you're going giving a hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, it's, don't worry about it, man. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> so is there anybody's game that, you know, you try to emulate or, not copy, but you know what I mean? Like, you're like, hey, I want to roll like him. For sure, for sure. Mm, yeah, so first my professor, Flavio Meda, 100%. I feel that ever since I moved to Arizona, we kind of like uh, had a similar like body types, strength level, and similar like games, you know? Of course, it's much, he was much better than me uh, when, I, when I started training. He still is much better than me, but... But when we start training, when I start training, I'm like, okay, he likes takedowns, I like takedowns. He likes guard pass, I like guard pass, you know? So the things that we, we usually go to, they are kind of like similar, you know what I mean? So, and I learned a lot from him, like a lot. Like ever since I moved out here, my jujitsu like got like a lot better, like really fast. And that's probably because, uh, uh, that's 100% sure because of him, you know? Uh, he's like guiding me through and like teaching me moves and, you know? And uh, being being there for me, giving me that attention, you know, and like think, okay, this is gonna be good for you. This is not gonna be good. So, I feel his jujitsu, man, for sure, inspires me a lot. His takedowns, for sure. All the takedowns that I know, basically, I learned from him. So, my takedown game is good today, is because of him, for sure, hundred percent. You know, uh, so his takedowns, his uh, guard passes, you know, and uh, his um, vision of uh, of fighting, really, because. Uh, the thing that I like the most about training with him is that he's not just he's not just like crazy pushing the pace of the time. He's really strategical too. He's like really smart. Okay, I'm gonna kill this grip because of this and that. I'm gonna move my hips this way because this and that. Sometimes I don't even I'm not even on the same place he is, and you know? I'm not even like thinking. He's thinking so far ahead of me, you know. And he tells me, okay, I did this because this and that. Like, man, I didn't even see that that you man on the first place. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. 
it's um it's kind of like that eric i think you froze again man ah shit what about now, yeah, now you're back. we good you're back all right good all right. We'll go back a few sentences again so one thing that i that i really like about about him is that he's really smart you know he's really like strategical but also smart he's he has a vision on the mats when you're training that like, I want to kill this grip because I want to prevent this. I want to make this grip and put, put my hips this way because I prevent this, this, and that. And sometimes it tells me, like, hey, man, I did this move because of this. I'm like, man, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about uh, the thing that you were countering on in the first place. You know what I mean? He's so ahead. So there's also the one thing that make me, that, that he helped me a lot is being smarter about my training, you know, and uh, not just, like, going for hard all the time, but, like, trying to, to be much smarter, you know. So this this is the guy that I that I definitely that I definitely get inspired a lot. I like Homul Baha a lot. Um, I guess like Homul man, um, he was like ever since I got like my maybe my purple belt. He's the guy that I've been following since, you know, like his jujitsu, his way of life, really. So I get really inspired by Homul, you know. Uh, I like a lot on the bottom. I like a lot to do like De La Hive, Spider Guard, and Lasso Guard. You know, he has an amazing Spider Guard. So um, I get inspired a lot by Homolu too. Um, so yeah, man, I have a few guys like Rodolfo Vieira. He, he's retired on Jiu-Jitsu now. He's on the UFC right now. But growing up, Rodolfo was like my, my I was his number one fan, you know, just like, man, watch videos of him and highlights of him every day. You know, I wanted to pass the guard like him, you know, I wanted to do like this crazy 30 underguard pass that he used to do, you know, I wanted to be like Rodolfo too, you know, so I guess, you know, Flavio for sure, because we are on a daily basis, you know, uh, Romulo, uh, Rodolfo Vieira is a guy that inspired a lot, Gabriel Rogers too is a guy that, man, I feel that his guard is like amazing, you know, and I feel like I really get inspired of his guard. Uh, he's 50-50, you know, he's, uh, he's overall bottom game, really, you know, his back takes from everywhere, you know, that's one thing that I've been working a lot lately, you know, Felipe Pena, all these guys, you know, so, so yeah, these, these are my main, like, inspiration to try to always, like, look up to them and um, maybe not, not emulate just the jiu-jitsu that they have, but their, their way of life, really, you know, I think a lot of times when you going to comp class and you're training hard and you think like, man, I want to be a champion, but at the same time, I want to give up. I'm super tired. I always have these guys on the back of my head like, man, these guys were there. They're black belt world champions. They made it, you know, and then they wouldn't give up right now. They'll be doing an extra round. So why the hell are you thinking of giving up now? If you want to be on the same place as then, you got to work, man. You know, you cannot be like bullshitting really, you know? So I'm like, okay, let's go. So, so yeah, so these are the main guys, I think, uh, that I can think of now. So you mentioned your training a little bit. So let's talk about that. So, you know, what does your training look like? Like how often are you, how many times a week do you roll? Cool. So I basically train every day from Monday to Saturday, right? But there are levels to it, right? So the, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the competition classes. So all the, the, the athletes and the professors and like people, they want to compete really, they get together these competition classes. They're two hour classes. Um, they go from 11 to 1 p.m., okay? And again, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do that at GB Arcade. So we all get together. Uh, on the other days, and sometimes even Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I still train jiu-jitsu, but I train jiu-jitsu uh, at my uh, home school, which is GB Chandler right now. So I, I train with the students. I train with my, my, like my training partners over there, you know? 
and the training is is still pretty tough because everybody their stuff had a bunch of high belts everybody their stuff but of course it's not like high level athletes training you know so it's a little bit more mellow uh it's more like especially because it's like the, there's not the, the thing about competition training is not just rolling against good people that's one part of it but it's like exchanging information drilling learning new techniques advanced moves once you get to a point like that you're like high level purple belt brown belt black belt the it's gonna be hard for you to learn like a brand new technique maybe once in a while you're gonna learn like a brand new technique but most is like a detail here grip here the way you move your hips like little things like that and you keep exchanging information and making each other better put yourself on the spot doing specific training and all this stuff so rolling like actual sparring is just like a part of it right it's actually in my opinion is like maybe the least important part of competition class you know drilling and studying jiu-jitsu and specific training are much more important you know but when i train with the guys at chandler i do the class the advanced class the professor paulo teaches and i do specific training too but it's mostly like for me it's mostly getting the rounds in sparring you know and uh train different bodies trying new techniques out so on comp class, mostly I, I try to learn new things and try to bring my A game. And then when I go to GB Chandler, I still bring my A game, but I also try new stuff. I, my beating ball is not good. I try my beating ball with these guys. My lapel guard is not so good yet. I try my beating ball, my lapel guard with them, you know? So basically I train, again, like I said, Monday through Saturday, jiu-jitsu. Some days I do twice a day, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I train light at night and then tough for like competition class in the morning, you know? And uh for jiu-jitsu is basically it. Um, for strength and conditioning, I have my physical my uh, physical trainer, uh, my strength and conditioning trainer. His name is Italo Villado. He's really renowned in Brazil. He's probably like the best fighting specialist, strength and conditioning coach in Brazil right now. And uh, he writes my programs, you know? So I just do four times a week. So Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, okay? Sometimes if I'm feeling like too hyped up, I go more days and I get away from the program a little bit, do extra stuff. He gets mad at me if I do that because like not supposed to do that, you know, gotta follow the program. But sometimes I just gotta do it, you know, I just feel like doing it and I just do it. It's a good mistake though, let's say, you know, it's better to do more than less, but but anyway, and um, and I just like strength and conditioning training four times a week, you know, it was Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Friday. So basically that's my routine. Sunday I try to rest. Don't do any jiu-jitsu at all Sundays, my day off. I'm just like, wanna like get away from the mats, do something else. I don't know, right now I'm trying to play basketball and I suck at it. So it's a new challenge. So I've been trying like to play ba basketball and like play video games, go to the pool, chill with my wife, my family and all this stuff, you know. Get away from, from jiu-jitsu this one day so I can start again Monday morning, you know. All so right. yeah, that's basically my routine. What does your strength and conditioning work look like? Like what kind of exercises are you doing, sets, reps, that kind of thing? Yeah, just, so it depends a lot because um, the way we do is we do different cycles of uh, training uh, based on a target competition, right? So let's say I'm training for the World Championships, for, for example, let's say. And uh, we're three months away, right? Two months away from the World Championships. So I'm like, okay, on from week number one to week number like, Five, for example, we're going to work, I don't know, resistance training. So he sets up the whole training in a way that they're like long sets, long reps, a big amount of reps, not so big weights, you know, and uh, so I can train my resistance, you know. And then, okay, this this next phase, we're going to be doing uh, like I did like this week, these last two weeks, isometric force strength training, you know, 
So for example, this week I did like bench, I did like one rep and I held for a second, did another rep, two seconds, three reps, three seconds, you know, all the way to 12 reps, did it like 45 on each side. So by the time I was like on 10 and it sucked, I like I want to just drop that thing on my chest and like whatever, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so I did, I did that. And so it just depends on the, on the part of training, you know? So we do everything. We do really like, um, uh, like, like raw strength training. Low, so a lot of play, a lot of weights, low reps, uh, like a five, four or five sets of each exercise. We do sometimes resistance training. So a lot of reps, a lot of sets, not so many sets, like three sets for a lot of reps, like 15, 20 reps, but a little bit less weight, isometric force, power, you know? So it just depends on the phase of the training. But basically what I do is just like classic lifting, like uh, bench. Uh, I, I know the name is, I know the name is better in Portuguese. I, I'll try to translate as much as I can in English, but like bench, um, rows with the barbell, you know, like incline rows, I guess. That's how we call it, right? Where you get the barbell, lean forward and do the rows, you know? So I know the name is better in Portuguese, my bad, man. You're good. And, and um, so I do like bench, barbells, uh, bench, uh, Incline like rows. I do deadlifts a lot. Um, you know, uh, close grip row, rows with a triangle. That's usually that's one that we often do. Uh, we do like cleans and jerks. I do cleans and jerks, front squat, back squat. You know, like really like old school stuff. There's nothing like too flashy about it. Like um, I froze again, Eric. There you go. Now you're back. Right, we're good. Good. Yeah. So we really kind of like old school stuff. There's nothing like too flashy about the things that we do. We just, uh, we're not like jumping on boxes and stuff. I'm not like pushing like these like carts with weights. We just like really like focus on be on, on the fundamentals of lifting really, you know? And with that would be like power, strength, resistance and all these things. One thing that's really important with, with, with this guy that I do with my program is that I don't work anymore for aesthetics. Like I don't do hypertrophy training anymore. You know what I mean? It happens naturally with my training because I'm constantly breaking muscle and rebuilding, right? But it's not my goal. You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna get like too big and too like muscular with with uh, my weight training, but I'm definitely gonna get stronger, definitely gonna get faster, definitely gonna get more agile, you know? And I guess that's the, the things that matter in a fight really, you know? Looking big and looking like nice and big, it, it, it's good, but it's not your primary goal. You're not a model, you're a jiu-jitsu fighter, right? You want to be strong, you want to be fast, you know, you want to be able to perform. And that's what we do. So sometimes we don't work like minor muscle, like I don't work biceps, triceps, just sometimes we do, but most of the times I'm never going to do like, rarely I'm going to do like bicep curls or like tricep extension, like exercise for like secondary muscles like that. We do like uh, like chest, and then on, on, I work my triceps as a secondary muscle on my chest workouts. You know what I mean? And my triceps still get tired, still gets activated. Of course, not as much in the hypertrophy training, but it's still there, you know? So I think that's the main mistake that people do nowadays. They don't hire a professional, man. Ever since I hired this guy, my whole life changed. First, he gave me more focus. Like I said in the beginning, I was not too focused on going to the gym. So I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, I'm not going to go to the gym. But once you start paying for somebody, I'm like, man, I'm paying this guy. So I got to go. You know what I mean? If otherwise, what I'm paying him for, you know? And, uh, and he, he, I did that in Brazil with a guy that has a really similar, like, uh, method, you know? 
But, uh, and this guy that I did in Brazil, he was a fan of this guy that I'm training right now. He was already like inspired by this guy. So I'm like, man, if the best of the best now, I got to take advantage of this opportunity, you know? So I started like doing it and, uh, and man, it just made me so much better overall. You know, no, knowing that you're doing something with the best person you can do. And if you follow it, you're going to get results because it's proven by results of other people. And you see yourself too is the best feeling you can get, you know? So I guess a lot of people, they just don't care too much about it. They just go to the gym, do random stuff, think they are just working out and it's good. Man, being tired is completely different from being trained. You can get that. If, if, I, if I tell you like, man, Eric, go like climb up some hills with like 20 sprints on a hill, you're going to be dead by the end. Is that going to make your jiu-jitsu better? Not at all. You know what I mean? So it's just like, being tired doesn't mean it, that you're going to be good. Going to the gym and, like, wearing yourself out, you know, and, uh, and uh, finish the train dead and think that you accomplished something here. You might maybe get a little better, but it's, it's, not at all, it's, not, it's not at all as good as it could be if you follow the right program with the right person, like, telling you exactly what to do based, based on your competition calendar. That's for sure, you know. So, so having this guy by me was, like, game changer for sure. And I know you're doing a lot more recovery stuff now too, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I partnered up with uh, Rob Hilla. Rob Hilla, he, he's, uh, he has this company. It's called Alchemist Athletics. And uh, so I partnered up with him. Um, he's been uh, helping me a lot with that, you know, because a lot of times, man, we just kind of like, since we have we are fighters, we have this nature of like we're tough, we're tough people. We don't care, you know. I get hurt, hurt my finger, just take it up and go train again. Hurt my shoulder, I'm just gonna do it again. I'm like that a lot. I know you're like that to everybody, really. That trains jiu-jitsu consistently, you know. They just don't care much. If they get hurt, they just deal with it and do it because we're tough people, you know. And that's good. That's good to have that in you. But you gotta be careful with it because sometimes if you don't take care of these injuries, they add up or they evolve to something worse. And then you have no other choice. Surgery, time off the mats, you know? And then even though you're tough, okay, that's great, you're tough, but you're not training. So what's the point, you know what I mean? So it happens a lot, like I have both my knees that are messed up. They, I need surgery on both my knees. Nothing like major, it's my meniscus, you know? And my doctor in Brazil, he said like, you can have surgery right now, or you can just keep doing like maintenance and physical therapy, you'll be fine. Because if you have surgery and you don't change your habits, which you won't do because you're still going to be training hard, you're probably going to have the same injury again. So there's no point on point doing surgery now. So I'm like, okay. But I feel that if I had like access to somebody before, the first time I got a little hurt and did this maintenance on my knee, I probably wouldn't have got to the point that it is now. You know what I mean? And thank God I don't have to stop training. But yeah, it could have. You know what I mean? So if I had like this like support before, it would definitely be different, you know? So what kind of things are you doing in your recovery, Lucas? What? What kind of things are you doing in your recovery? Like are you so, I think cupping and you're doing some other things, right? Yeah. So when I go with him, we do like uh, scraping. So he, he actually massages the Teragon, you know, and, um, and he's, he knows like the spots and the intensity and everything. So it's much better. Then buying a teragun and doing yourself, of course, especially in your back, you know you can do that in the back. And uh, scraping with CBD, you know. So he does scraping with CBD. He does like cupping for sure. Cupping was major for me, you know. I had this problem in my lower back last last year, my sciatic, that I couldn't like even walk, man. I walked for like five minutes. I had to sit down. 
All right. So Lucas, so you're doing some scraping. You said you're doing some cupping with some CBD lotion yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So cupping, man, was major. I had this like bad injury on my back, my sciatic nerve. I couldn't like walk, man. It was just like, if I walk like five minutes or if I stand still for five minutes with so much pain, I had to sit down. You know what I mean? So it was just like crazy bad. Nephistacine Rob, uh, man, the cupping and the scraping made it much better. Now I, I don't feel, I barely feel any pain. I feel like tightness when I stretch a few times, which is normal, but I don't feel any pain at all. So these are the things that I do for recovery. I, I usually do, uh, I try to do at least twice a week, have some salt baths, you know? So before going to bed, you know, I put some Epsom, Epsom salt on the bathtub and I do it. I feel that it helps. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't think there's something like major, but it helps with two things. The, the, the Epsom salt helps, of course, but it helps with my sleep. And I sleep much better now, you know? So if I, my, by sleeping much better, I recover much more, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so that's something that's, that, was, that was good for me too, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, I, I've been trying to, to get like a, either like a chest freezer or like a, a horse straw. I, I, that's how you say it, right? So to do ice baths, you know? I've been trying to get one. I might get one uh, this month, you know? Uh, let's see. Been contemplating that too like should i get a freezer and do it and dude i hate cold water yeah i hate it too man i hate it too i hate it like bad but gotta do what you gotta do though and every time i do ice baths it definitely helps i have people that told me like hey man this stuff doesn't work it's just like placebo you know just all in your mind and stuff i'm like man i don't care if, if it makes me feel better the next day i don't care if scientifically it works or not if it works for me it works for me you know so Exactly, like 90% of it is in your mind. So as long as it works there. Yeah. If you believe that you're recovering and you feel better the next day, that's all it matters, you know? So yeah, and then recovery was major, man, because like it was really tight on my back. It was really tight on, on my upper back, on my lower back, on my on my hips for sure. And ever since seeing this guy, he helped me out a lot of that, you know? So every every, every week I go, uh, after a long week of training, I hope it up, I go in and he fix me up. I walk out brand new, you know what I mean? Ready for the next week. Uh, I haven't got hurt ever since, so that's pretty good. And I've been put in like some bad situation. I haven't got hurt. I think a lot of times injuries happen because of it too. Your muscles are so tight, and so like tense that uh, sometimes you just pull a muscle for no reason. Like maybe like a simple technique, you move in a way, you feel your ribs, you feel your hips, you feel your hamstring, whatever. And probably because you're not taking care of yourself enough. So uh, it helps with like injury maintenance and of course recovery, so it can be ready on the next day. So. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned when you moved to the States that you did a lot of in and out, which I don't blame you. It's delicious. Yeah. But uh, what does your diet look like now? Yeah, man. So uh, like when I decide to change again and to go back to focus, um, I like uh, I had this diet with this nutritionist. Her name is Mariana Belen. He used to sponsor me uh, back in 2014 when I won Brazil National. So I just kind of like went back to her diet kind of with the same amount of food and the same things that, that she, she told me to eat, you know, and I was doing pretty good, you know, but now I hired this nutritionist from Brazil too. His name is uh, John Saraiva and uh, he's been helping me out a lot, a lot of dads. I still do a similar diet than, than, than what she was doing, but I'm not like, um, he, he, the thing I like about him is not like crazy, like close-minded nutritionist, you know, he kind of like thinks he's the thing that you like to, to eat and he kind of like tries to fit it in on the diet, you know? And I really like peanut butter. So my, 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 
my uh, Achilles heel, my defender went wrong, and my dad was eating way too much peanut butter. And with this, I was thinking like, man, I gotta stop buying peanut butter, but I'm not happy if I don't eat peanut butter, you know? But with this guy, I can still eat peanut butter just a certain times of the day with certain amounts, you know? So it's been pretty good. But in the morning, usually uh, I have like a tuna salad sandwich, you know, like light mayo and tuna or like scrambled eggs, whole wheat bread, you know? Um, before, before I used to have like, um, like a banana, you know, with uh, a little bit of peanut butter, chia seeds and maca powder right in the morning, you know? Uh, sometimes I, I do it just when I, as I woke up. Sometimes I, when I'm too busy, like teaching class and private classes, I fast until 10 a.m. and I have just had breakfast at 10, you know what I mean? And I do that and I go train and I go train jujitsu afterwards, you know, uh, at comp class. So I do, I do that, go train. When I come back, um, protein shake, um, my, my, my regular like protein shake with creatine, you know, a little bit of honey because honey uh, helps absorb your body absorb the creatine better. So a little bit of honey, uh, protein shake, creatine, you know, and I have lunch. So I usually have uh, uh, rice, beans, uh, broccoli, and uh, either chicken or, or or like steak or beef, you know. Sometimes I do uh, sweet potatoes. Uh, and on uh, the same like vegetable and the same protein. Or one thing that I finally found at this like Asian market, it's really popular in Brazil. In Brazil, we call aipim or mandioca. Here, I think you guys call yuca roots. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So we do that here, you know. So in Brazil, it's really, really popular, you know. So uh, I've been eating that. It's just as good for you like sweet potatoes are, you know. So um, I, be, I do that, you know. That's about like 2 p.m. And then uh, I, in the afternoon, I eat um, like a, a sandwich. Again, probably the same thing as I had breakfast, scrambled eggs or tuna salad sandwich. Uh, and then if I go train after that, that's like, like my pre-meal train, you know? If, if not, uh, I, eat, I eat the sandwich, I don't train, you know? And then I just wait until I get home. Um, uh, and by night, I have a little bit of carbs maybe like yucca roots or a little bit of rice, but like barely nothing, you know? And uh, some like salad, you know, and I put a lot of salad, like I, I go at Walmart, buy this $1 salad, it's like this big bag. And I eat one of them every time at dinner, you know, with a lot of chicken, a lot of protein, you know? And then before going to bed, like diet yogurt with peanut butter again, uh, chia seeds and maca powder again, you know? So like kind of like with, with my new nutritionist, we testing some things out. So my diet's a little different than what I just told you right now, but like mostly that's mostly it, you know? So I try to be healthy every day, you know? I try to stay, stay away from like junk food and try to, to stay away from like, you know, like things that have too much grease and fat. And like, you know, I really try to have a, a balanced diet with carbs, but like low glycemic carbs, you know, like good carbs and, uh, lot of protein on every meal so so yeah that's that's basically kind of my diet is you know a lot of times man you know what happened to me a lot of times is that i just gave myself a good excuse to eat in and out to, to eat like pizza or to eat whatever i'm like man i trained so hard today i deserve it it's fine it will be fine you know what i mean ah this has burgers it's like steak it has like or beef it has protein in it it will be fine the, the only bad thing about the burgers is the bread so i go when i'm in and out you get this really like protein style sandwich with lettuce on the outside 
which I hated, but it's just like, ah, because the, the bread is a problem. Yeah, the bread's not the problem. You know what I mean? The problem is like the, the, super fat burger with cheese and like fries. And, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, or pizza, like I have friends that say, ah, but pizza's fine. Pizza's just like cheese and like bread. It's like, man, I don't see it that way. You know what I mean? Just giving yourself an excuse so you can sleep better at night and, and don't and eat the pizza you want. You know what I mean? So just say that you want to eat the pizza. It's okay. It's better. It's okay. It's not good, you know? So I just try to stay as focused as I can on that, you know? Uh, again, when I moved to the States, I used to, like, eat, eat crap every day. And then I started getting better and just, like, sometimes during the week and weekends. And then they moved to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they moved to Saturday and Sunday. And now we evolved to just Saturday. One meal, uh, on one or two meals on Saturday that I eat like whatever I want or, and I even stay, try to stay as healthy as I can. I don't, I don't eat sweets anymore. Back then when I moved here, I used to eat a lot of Nutella. It's been like a year and a half since I last ate Nutella. My last time I ate Nutella actually was against that black belt that I beat, you know, on fight to win. That was the last time I ate Nutella ever since then. I never ate Nutella anymore. And, and I don't miss it either, you know. Again, man. You what? You should start eating Nutella again if you beat a black belt. Nah, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. They were just to celebrate, bro. If I eat Nutella again, I know because I've been so long since I last had it. If I eat it again, I'm going to eat the whole jar and I'm going to be super fat again. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good the way I am right now. All right. So it, it sounds like you don't really do like a fight camp, right? It's just you basically, you're, you're kind of in shape and kind of following a pretty good diet the whole time, right? Yeah. So that, that's kind of like what I do. You know, I feel I, I'm a I'm big fan of like, man, if you, if you, Stay ready, don't have to get ready. You know what I mean? And on camps, it's really good because you like, you, 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 it's, it's not about the jiu-jitsu itself, in my opinion. It's more about the mentality, right? Having the mindset of everybody getting ready for that tournament. So nobody's like just messing around anymore. Nobody just like, ah, oh, whatever. Everybody's on a mission of getting ready, you know? So there's an energy that is different on a camp because you can feel... The, the air in the room different. You can feel the energy of the room being different, you know? It kind of like, it's not like as friendly anymore. It's still friendly, but not like, we all on a mission. We're not here to mess around, you know what I mean? So I really like camps though. I really like camps. Like we did this amazing camp for Pan Ams. We increased the, the intensity of the training, you know, and it was really good. And I really like camps, but it's got to be careful so you don't just train on camps, you know what I mean? I guess like people, they're like, champions they or they want to be champions at least they got to train hard regardless they got to have goals regardless you got to be ready regardless you know it's, it's like if you see on basketball the guys have the regular season and then they have the playoffs and then they have like summer break until the regular season starts again right if you see all these guys that are great like kobe lebron like maybe not iverson iverson no but like kobe lebron all these other guys they did like this amazing work during the summer, maybe like a week after they, they won that ring, you know? And that's why they got it done again, because it's not because you don't have to, you don't have this like goal, like close to you and everybody's working towards that. There's not an excuse for you to not work, to, to get it done. If you want to be the best you can be, you got to get it done every day, man. You know? So, so yeah, again, I'm this big fan of like, you don't have to get ready, stay ready, you know? And uh, but I like camps just because more the mindset and the training is good too, but more the mindset, everybody is focused, so definitely can take a lot out from it. Yeah. 
So any uh, big fights coming up or big tournaments you're getting ready for? I don't know, man. It's so uh, the calendar is crazy with COVID, right? So we don't. I don't know yet. You know, it's stuff like they they just announced they're gonna do the American Nationals in Dallas, and they're gonna do um, they're gonna do the Nationals. They might do words, right? Uh, with massive words. And this was a rumor that I, I heard of uh, in uh, when I was at Pan Am's in in Orlando. You know, they're gonna do both words there, adults and masters over there. But in my opinion, I don't think words gonna happen because uh, they, they told like, ah, in, in November 10, we're gonna, we're gonna release like this note saying if it's gonna happen or not, the adult word just standing still. I don't think it's gonna happen though. I don't think nothing's gonna change until November 10 uh, in a way that they're gonna open the, the United States border so people from Brazil all over the world can come, you know? Uh, especially some places the kids, the kids are going up again in Europe and stuff like that. So I don't think uh, this is going to happen. So I don't think words is going to happen, but I think Nationals definitely happen. Actually, I think the reason they put Nationals a week before words is that if they cannot, people cannot find words, they're going to find Nationals. They're adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think they put the reason. So, I don't know, man. Ever since they released the Nationals yesterday, I'm like eager to, to sign up. You know, I wanted to sign up for Nationals. You know, they might be the last tournament of the year. They might be my last tournament as a brown belt too, you know? So... I might, I might do nationals, you know, in Dallas. I have good friends in Dallas, so I have place to stay and to train. So, so I might do that. Uh, but probably that's it for the year, you know. This year was was good, man, for me. For some reasons, it was bad for others, but it was definitely like the year that I, I got a lot better in my jiu-jitsu, even though with COVID, you know. And uh, but I'm excited for next year, mostly, you know. I get want to use the end of this year to get as good as I can get and focus more on like the process of getting better instead of the goal of specific tournament. So I want to get as good as I can get right now. So if next year I'm with a black belt, even still brown belts, we have a better calendar and I'm, I'm ready, you know? So I'm probably going to do nationals. Not sure yet, but probably we'll do it, you know? But, and that's probably going to be it, the last tournament of the year. You know, I'm probably going to do Ginogi too, you know, and that's it, call it, you know, call the year of that, you know? But, uh, but yeah, that's like, the main, the main, I don't know if it's a goal, but probably that's going to be the next tournament, you know? My goal right now, like I said, is just fix my mistakes, get better, get better at the things that I'm good at already, you know, get good at the things that I'm not so good at, you know, and uh, uh, get a little better for next year, for sure. Awesome. So what is the, what does the future hold for you? What are your, you know, three-year, five-year, kind of 10-year plans? What does it look like for you? Cool. So I have a lot of plans, man. First year, I want to get my, uh, my residence visa, my green card, you know, I think that's like all the immigrants that come to the States, that's what they want, you know? So that's like a big, big plan for me. Uh, I want to get my black belt for sure. Uh, I'm close, but I'm not there yet. So I'm still like anxious about it, you know? So I want to get my black belt. I want to, um, I want to for sure be a world champion. You know, I feel that, man, that's what, if you're not training for like being the best in the world or being like if you're an athlete enough, have that in mind. I don't know how serious you're, you're taking your training, you know, or your athlete career because that that's, that's always the ultimate goal, you know. What I mean, that's like the standard that you gotta meet, you know what I mean? And you gotta always go for that. So that's like my goal for sure. Um, what else? I want to have a, a Gracie Bar School uh, to be to run a Gracie Bar School. You know, hopefully in Arizona. Uh, that's one of the goals that I have for the next like three or five years. You know, 
I want to be a head instructor of a school and I keep doing the job that I do. Uh, uh, but like having like a more of a leadership role. Um, what else? What else? I think that these are, these are my three main goals, man. I think right now, you know, there are other things that are other little goals that I have with like uh, uh, tournaments, you know, want to keep competing and fight to win and like these big organizations, you know, uh, possibly get a title shots. I want to keep uh, fighting, uh, competing, getting as good as I can get on the high level of like brown, black belts, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I also have this instructor career parallel to my uh, athletic career that I want you to be as good as I can be. You know, I have, I want to have a, a Grace Baja school packed with students and everybody's life being changed, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is much, much bigger than competition, really. You know, you know about that. Everybody does know about that. You know, it's much bigger than competition. You come and have a kid that's been like, like, like I was no confidence and you change the, 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 the kid's life for good. And it's going to be like a much better human being. Uh, and a much better like adults on the end that's going to give back to society, you know, that's priceless, man. You know, like these things that we do here, like we, the things that teaching jujitsu is just like, you know, it, 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 the, the reward that we get when we see somebody that had a bunch of health problems and lose a bunch of weight is much better shape now. Like you, for example, you know, you lost a bunch of weight. It was like waking up at like, what time? Wait, 432 or something like that? When you wake up? Yeah. For what? 428. 428, exactly. 428 in the morning, every day to, to, to lift, man. I would never think, when I, when I saw the first time, I'm like, man, I would never think that you would be able to do that one day, you know? I would never imagine that. And now it's just like in great shape, working out, you know, and all these things. It's just like, it's priceless, man. It's really rewarding, you know? So one day I want to have a, a, a great about school that I'm able to uh, change and impact uh, in a positive way, as many people as I can, kids and adults, you know, because I know it's not going to be just with them. It's going to improve their relationships. It's going to improve as they are the human, as human beings, as they are, uh, as, as the role they play in the, in the society, you know, and it's going to make the whole community better by it, you know. So uh, I guess that's my, my way of changing the world, really. You always have this dream of like, man, I want to change the world. I want to be this guy is going to change the world. And you always think, man, you got to be like president or you got to be like Elon Musk or whatever, whatever it is. You don't have to, man. It just got to be like, make sure you, you're changing people's lives around you for the better, you know? And one by one, this, these people are going to change other people's lives. They want to see the whole community is better because of you, because of the work you do, you know? Yeah. And that that's why I chose to devote my life to jiu-jitsu, teaching and competing, you know? And again, like I said, this one of the goals that I want is just to be like... Uh, the best structure I can be for my students, you know, I have a greasy by school on my own one day and be able to to excel at that and make sure that everybody's life's like getting changed for the better. Yeah, for sure, right? Because even, you know, you, at your school, you know, you have 200, 400, 500 students, whatever it is, but then they have three, four, five people that they interact with and then those people interact with others. And so, yeah, that yeah. compounds for sure. So we're, sure. we're, we're getting ready to wrap this up. So Lucas, if people want to come roll with you or if they just want to, you know, follow you on Instagram or whatever, where can they find you? Cool. So uh, my Instagram is at Lucas GB. Okay. So it's easy. My name, my last name and GB for Gracie Barra, you know, uh, like I said, I train at Gracie Barra Chandler. It's located at uh, the corner of Ray Road and McQueen in uh, Chandler, Arizona. Uh, it's 1070 East Ray Roads. It's right next to the Dollar, the Dollar Tree store. 
okay? So I'm there basically um, every day from Monday through Saturday, sometimes even Sunday. But like I said, I avoid Sundays because of my rest day. Uh, also, comp class, Grace by Arcadia. I'm there uh, 11 to 1 p.m. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't know the Grace by Arcadia address. I'm sorry, but it's uh, Indian school at 32nd, you know. So that's basically it, you know. So if you guys want to come train with me, you know, or private classes or anything, really, you know, just uh, follow me on Instagram, let me know, or show up to the Grace Bahar School, uh, 10-7, 10-7, 10-7-0 East Ray Roads, uh, Chandler, Arizona. And it's going to be my pleasure to be with you guys. Yeah. So for those of you watching on video, you can see how jacked Luke is. And <laughs> feel like getting beat up. Yes, please go roll with him because <laughs> it will help me from getting beat up by him. So I'm okay with that. I'll be nice. I promise. I'll be nice. <laughs> okay, so awesome. Thanks for coming on, Lucas. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity, brother. Have a great day, man. Awesome. You too.